Welcome to Affording College with Aaron Green, founder and president of College Liftoff. All right, thanks, Deep Throat again. Welcome to Affording College. I'm Aaron Green, host of Affording College and founder of College Liftoff. College Liftoff is a college planning firm I started to provide solutions for anyone and everyone's college planning needs. We're truly revolutionizing the way we as a society should do higher education and launching students to success as a result of that. We've worked with about 800 families now and not only launched each of these students to their best fitting schools and career paths, but saved them nearly $46 million in higher education costs. So why do this podcast? Well, I really want to offer some solid advice for families when it comes to planning for college and higher education, because truthfully, there's just so much misinformation out there. So that's what Affording College is all about, offering folks sound advice, free advice, so subscribe, to really help families planning for their children's futures. All right, so today um, I want to do something that was kind of fun, which is a little bit of a Q&A. One of my favorite podcasts uh, is Star Talk Radio, <laughs> and the better ones are when just Bill Nye and, and Neil just get up and just answer questions that are just rando questions from the audience, and you can imagine how funny those get. But Alex is sitting in with me again today, our director of marketing, mm-hmm. and my wife. We thought we'd just go through some questions that uh, were kind of poignant and more being asked from us pretty often, and um, just answer a few of those. So the, I would say the most the most common question that we get, honestly, is from families is when should we as a family start college planning? That's a great question. So some people really want to start when their kid is in fifth grade. That's a little too young. Um, <laughs> our, our fifth grader wants to start. That's true. You probably just hear that at home a lot. Yeah, well, we come home and talk about work every day, and he's just like, my gosh, I think I need to start this like tomorrow, or you guys are talking about this. <laughs> um, realistically, college planning itself, especially in like our practice and college stuff, earliest is really ninth grade. That's really the earliest to really get a good fundamental start on. And even then we spend the, those early years, the early years in high school era, ninth and 10th grade, not going through colleges and sifting through all these things and sitting on college visits. The truth is the fundamental starting point are really just understanding jobs and what they do and what they are and sending kids out to see what those are like. We did a podcast recently on summer jobs and that that's kind of a nice lead in of just understanding the world of work really and how it really correlates, how it really works in respects to you. Cause one of those things where we just naturally think, ah, I have a job. So everybody knows what this is about. No, no. The students and kids of high school age, especially 14 and 15, they don't know what an accountant does all day. They have no idea what an industrial systems engineer or, oh gosh, yeah. You know, they have no concept of this stuff. So, We've got to give them exposure to that early on. And actually, the nice thing about it, when we start with kids that early, we see their grades improve because they start <laughs> having an idea of why am I doing this? Oh, okay. I kind of now know. It's not because mom just wants me to do algebra all day and get good grades so she can show off to her friends. No, it has to do with the fact that this begets this and I get an education in this and I get a job and I can do something really fun in this area. They have a purpose other than just getting an A. Exactly. Exactly. If you can start showing them what these destinations look like, mercy, it actually makes a big difference because now the kid is motivated by that, not by motivated by us telling them what to do or Mm -hmm. to go get good grades. It's so important. Yeah. And actually, that's a big relief for our parents. So, you know, (laughs) so they're not... Screaming up the stairs, like, you know, do your English homework. It's they're now doing it for the reason that they now know. Mm-hmm. So ninth, 10th grade, 
Honestly, that's really when we like to really get a good jump start on this. Um, we'll take a kid in it whenever, though. You know, honestly, it's never too late to do solid college planning. Shoot, we take seniors up till the fact that before they need to make a, month, a decision a month before, even students that have already accepted their college and need to figure out what they want to do, even college students. It's never too late to really hone this in and figure it out, though. Absolutely. You don't want to be 25 going, uh, I made a huge mistake. Exactly. Just kind of scratch your head like, so I got this philosophy degree and uh, I really think I want to be an accountant. <laughs> like, you know, that's, that's, but it happens. But it does happen. And, and now you're looking at more school that you've got to go back and buy. Now you're looking at um, just redoing the whole process after you've already spent a house on mm-hmm. education, you know, and now you got to go spend another one just to readjust. And that's a terrible place to be. What do you mean a house? What do you mean you spent a house? You spent eighty to $200,000 on an education to get this degree that all in all you thought you wanted, to do, you wanted, but you didn't know what you wanted to do or what to do with it. Now you've kind of had an idea of what the work world looked like when the truth is you could have looked at that in ninth or 10th grade. You didn't have to wait until you were 25 to do it and have a good direction for it. And now you're buying two houses because now mm-hmm. you have to go spend that extra 80 to $200,000 in order to go get that accounting degree and get the CPA and do all those other things. Hence the problem with student loan debt in this country. Hence the problem with unvalued degrees our invalued and improperly valued degree sets and how much we're spending on it. Well, that kind of leads me into the second most common question we get. How do we save money working with a college planner? Because aren't we paying the college planner? So aren't we actually just spending more money? Well, yes, you are. You are paying a good college planner for the work that you're doing with them. But I, at least in our practice, I can't speak for anybody else's. But I know in our practice at College Lofoff, that's absolutely a value buy. And trust me, when I tell you it's a value buy, you're getting that at pennies on the dollar for what we're going to save you. And the rate and the way that that works is by understanding how this whole grander structure is put together. Look, the, the thing is this. You're buying college. Change the mentality and saying your kid's going off to college. No, 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 no. Your kid is going to college, but you're buying it. You're buying a large asset. This, to, to me and to us in our practice, this is no different than buying a house. When you say you want to buy a house, you go to a realtor for good reason, because they can sift through choice and find you exactly what you are looking for and find it for the price tag that you need to be able to, that you can pay for it, that you're, you've earmarked a budget for it. So, and you start off with a big concept saying, I want a house with this many bedrooms in this neighborhood with this many bathrooms. You're constantly narrowing the focus and in a market where you may have to sift through multiple thousand places in order to get down to four five or six that you may go visit and you put in bids for two to three and they come out with one or two. This is the same exact ordeal. You're spending eighty to $200,000, the equivalent of a house in this country. There's 4,200 universities, each one with 200 majors. Now you have the Google-esque problem of choice that you have to sift through. You've got to get it down to what is the right school for my kid? What are the degrees that they offer? How many students are putting in the jobs? What's the cost going to be? You have to take all that information, boil it down to you as a family and as a student, and really work through the details of that. And now we're at a point where we can study the endowment structures and the financial aid histories to see how much the school is going to cost. Basically saying, yeah, the sticker price might be $200,000, but we know just by looking at the data and the history, being good college planners, we should be able to do that. I can see their average kid gets roughly fifteen dollars to $20,000 off per year. And then the financial aid package shows up and they didn't do that. So what do you do then? Well, that's when we know we can go back and negotiate the costs in order to get more money out of them in order to make it work for the budget you have. Period. So what I'm saying is a good college planner is going to save you whatever they're charging 
hopefully in our case, it's like 10 to 20 fold what our retainer is just in order to make sure that you're finding the school that's going to be best fit for you academically and financially. So you're getting the right deal. So you're basically saving, you're saving money 20 fold. Oh yeah. Yeah. Without a question. So you're basically saving money in like the first semester of college. Yeah. First couple months. I mean, yeah, that's basically our retainer basically is saved in the first month or two of school. Okay. And it's, it, again, it's the concept of just understanding you're buying a large asset and knowing how to buy it properly. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I could go change my brakes. I could change the oils in our cars every couple of months. I don't do it because one, I don't have the tools in our garage to do it. It would take me twice as long. And what it's just a major headache. We've got four kids. I go to our mechanic to do it. Well, it's, because then your brakes would fail and you'd have to go to our mechanic anyway, <laughs> anyway and you'd end up spending more money. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Just go to professionals and that's what we do for everything else, especially in this cost basis. That's the thing. We've got to get into our heads that you're buying college, which is the exact thing, same cost structure as any large asset, whether it be retirement, whether it be your house. You don't play around with those as assets. You don't let your kids roll the dice on them either. Why in the world are we doing that with college? A good college planner knows that and knows that they can save you money just by inherently doing the process right. You have been saying that you've been getting kids asking you recently, you know, in this day and age with, you know, everything you can learn on the Internet and YouTube, you know, do we even need to go to college anymore? Can't I just learn everything on YouTube? Oh, that's a great question. Because, Mercy, how many of your parents are out there and your kids are just staring at YouTube all day? And you're like, <laughs> what, what, what is happening here? This is such a generational thing. I will, say, I will say this in connecting you to your children in this method. YouTube is a ultra-powerful learning tool. It really is. Now, there's a lot of junk on it. You can get in there and, like, our kids watch things where, like, they're watching other kids unpackage toys, which is <laughs> unfathomable to me in that sense. But honestly, it's the mecca of educational and learning. Like, you can learn anything in an instant. If you need to, I don't know, declog your sink, if you've never done it before, you can learn it in five minutes on YouTube and have it done. I mean, it's a, it's it's an amazingly powerful tool that we're just... In the internet and YouTube and all of them, are, we're just scratching the surface on how powerful and potent they can really be to teach you in a heartbeat of a second. That being said, there is still a lot of specialized education that still is really a lot more in-depth that you have to learn at the collegiate level. And then there's another part of this that's important too. And actually, this is going to get into the difference between online school and like a normal brick-and-mortar establishment. This is what... A job is governed by the education you receive is only as valuable as the person sitting across from you deems it to be worth. Meaning whoever's getting ready to hire you, if they look at your resume and where you got your degree from, and if they don't think it's worth it, it's not worth it. If they think it is, it is. That's the point. There's nothing tangible about education. You can't hold it. You can't feel it. You can't keep it in your pocket. It's the perceived value of what it is. And in today's market, as we still exist today, the people that are doing the hiring came from traditional four-year brick-and-mortar establishments such as Purdue's, Ohio State's, Stanford's, Arizona's, whatever the case may be. If they're the ones sitting in the seat and they trust the educational systems that they hire out of, then that's the end of it. 
That might change one day to become something that's more online based. But we don't have enough people that have enough Phoenix online degrees that are in truly big, high paying management positions to say otherwise. So until that day comes, which I'm sure one day it will come, but that is not today. We sit in a place where a brick and mortar establishment, the degree that you get that's good in the area that that industry deems to be good at, that's where you go. Because we get a lot of kids that'll say, you know, well, I can learn how to do computer science and digital marketing on my own. I can go do all that stuff. That's well and good. But again, somebody's got to hire you to do it. And if you are really good at it and you've gone through a really strong educational background on it, you'll be fine. But if you think that you're as mercy, how many times we hear like, well, Bill Gates did it. You know, <laughs> all these know. People, that's one person. That's one, <laughs> yeah. And you can come up with three or four more other people that didn't finish college and became ultra million billionaires. And that's three or four people out of, what, 100 million people that have gone to college in the past 40 years? Really? So the truth is, we all got to go through that path. And you've got to find your entryways into it. Once you're out and you've done the hard work to get to that point, the truth is, after five years, your degree is not as important. It's what you've done. And that's a whole different place. But getting an entry into the marketplace, it's all about perceived value of the degree that you're getting and whoever's sitting across from you how much they deem that degree to be worth. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are today. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> so those are, are my three answers, uh, I guess, our most common questions. Thank you. Thank you very much for answering those questions. Oh, no problem, no problem. We'll do a couple more of these every now and then because I always like these. It's kind of fun. So if you have some questions, of course, always please submit them to us too. College Liftoff can help empower you to make college affordable for your student. If you want to learn more about your options, Aaron will be responding directly to your emails. Email him a question at Aaron at CollegeLiftoff.com. Thanks for listening to Affording College with Aaron Green of College Liftoff. If you'd like more information, visit CollegeLiftoff.com.